Poppy has just walked in and is now sticking her bum in my mouth. Get off! <laughs> And welcome back to Don't Ask Me. Um, Oliver, I haven't spoken to you for ages. Yeah, that's absolutely true because uh, I've been having awful trouble with my fans and your fans ringing me and texting me and saying, yeah, right. why haven't we... Haven't... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, there was one. What was? Actually, there were two. Oh. There were two and uh, uh, complaining vociferously and bitterly that uh, we haven't been uh, coming up with our weekly dose of uh, of nothingness. No, anyway, yeah, I'm sorry uh, to everybody. There was a reason, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it is. Um, yeah, we're recording this. Uh, what's the date, Oliver? November. Uh, it's November the fourteenth or fifth. How are we supposed to know dates? Every day is the same. Yeah, that's very true. It's the sixteenth. Is it? Yeah, I've just looked at my phone. It's the <laughs> November. That we're, so this is November the sixteenth. We had, um, uh, yeah, this is me talking to anybody that's listening. We had like quite a few kind of that we had recorded, but then sort of real life and stuff just got in the way. So, and I didn't get a chance to, to um, yeah, to mix them all together and put them out. So this one, uh, th- this episode of Don't Ask Me, we're just going to be talking about. Well, basically, why we haven't been doing this, and then <laughs> and then we've got three that are already recorded, which will come out, you know, um, subsequently after after this one. Um, so yeah, mm. so we're just getting back into the um, into the swing of it. I've got Fosters, by the way. I just like to say that I've got a Budweiser. Oh. Can I just tell tell listeners wonderful things about German uh, supermarkets um, in Aldi, you can now get twenty bottles of Budweiser for nine ninety nine. If you go to Lidl, you can get twenty bottles of Bex for nine ninety nine. Well, that's ludicrously cheap, isn't it? That's crazy cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so uh, oh, of course. Oh, I'm so much looking forward to telling all our listeners about my operation. But my operation uh, uh, did prevent me from lifting things. I can now pronounce that I am officially cured and over the operation because I am capable of lifting 20 bottles of Beck's up the steps and at the boot of the car. So uh, that's progress. Is that actually like kind of, you know, a medical diagnosis thing, a, a thing that's actually on, you know, that doctors use to decide whether patients it, it, are, are fully healthy? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like written down. Yeah, so, it's, it, can Mr. Gray lift up all this beer? <laughs> yes, he can. He's obviously healed then. It's quite low tech, but it's effective and uh, and it proves uh, the success of the operation, doesn't it? Yeah. When did you when did you have that? <sighs> well, God, it seems such a long time ago. Um, I, I had uh, been promised this operation for nearly a year. It's, oh, by the way, everybody is a hernia, and to all you bastards who said oh hernia it's absolutely nothing don't worry it'll be over in five minutes and it won't hurt you were lying you were really strictly lying your heads off um but anyway uh i decided to to see if i could sort of push it on and now i'm feeling dreadfully guilty because i keep reading all these reports about people who've got like much more serious conditions and can't get their operations and and i actually went in and 
and had mine done simply because I didn't push it, but I just asked, you know, do you think you could possibly do me quite soon? And within a few days, they said, yeah, come on in then. Uh, yes, so uh, I don't want to tell anybody the details because it's rather unpleasant, but yeah, uh, it it took much longer to recover. I, I realise now that my friends have been saying to me, ah, yeah, God, it, you know, it's absolutely nothing, mate. You'll be over it in a few five minutes. They're a lot younger than me, and I think it's literally sort of being just such an aged old person that it, it took uh, ooh, well over two months before it stopped hurting. So it's like a hangover. The older you get, the longer it takes to <laughs> to get over it. I find I find the older I get, the fewer hangovers I get because I, my body has accustomed itself to the <laughs> just uh, twenty bottles of yeah. twenty bottles of Budweiser. You're literally pissed all the time because so you wouldn't get hangover. It's just one long <laughs> one long session for you. Uh, how could you suggest such a thing? Well, um, yeah, so that was that. And then there's another thing that uh, a little matter of a, a small grandchild that suddenly appeared uh, out of nowhere. So, uh, well, not out Yeah, of that's nowhere. not strictly true, my, is it? Annabelle knew that she was pregnant. Yes. So. She did know that she was pregnant. and uh, But, uh, yeah, that was quite an interesting thing because I went to bed. You know, I'm, me, I'm a famous uh, good sleeper. Mm. Uh, well, famous in my own family anyway. So I went to bed and um, unbeknownst to me at about four o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, she started uh, having her contractions and they all, well, they all, not, none of us were allowed to go to the hospital, but she went to the hospital and her uh, husband c came down from London. And uh, so when I woke up, I had to take the other little child up to the forest school in Twyford, which I'll tell you about in a minute. And then uh, when we picked her up and brought her back from forest school, which was just after lunch, uh, Annabelle and Gaz were walking up the garden path carrying a a uh, little cot, and inside it was uh, Max. So Blimey. nowadays they get you in and out pretty damn quick. God, that's amazing, isn't it? Did and did Big have anything to do with um, uh, delivery? You were mentioning the. The, the fact that the, the Birgit is a is a oh, yeah. well no uh, it's it's not it's not allowed because oh, you know you 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 weren't allowed uh, strictly speaking you shouldn't have been anybody going in but that, that, that they just changed the rules luckily a few days before that the husbands alone could go mm. could go in uh, but also uh, you know she she's retired now so she wouldn't have been allowed to. She doesn't have the, 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 the certification to, to do that anymore. Oh, right, I see. But yeah. <laughs> she was there in spirit and... Uh, yeah, and hot towels. Yeah. Anyway, you know, not very exciting for any listeners to hear about my uh, grandchildren, but uh, I'm terribly excited. I could not possibly be more excited and more blazingly in love with them all. So uh, that's, that, 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 that was uh, another good reason. And we couldn't possibly have done any recording in this house over the last... Well, it's three months they've been here now. They actually left yesterday. Right. Uh, because it's just been uh, total noise. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I like noise, but uh, not when I'm trying to record high-quality uh, items like this, Rich. Uh, it would have been quite impossible with a little toddler leaping on and off my back and, uh, and a baby. Uh, he doesn't cry much, but when he does pretty vociferous yeah i suppose that would be a bit tricky i know we've had like lucy and i think poppy gets in on one episode as well but yeah <laughs> Shut up, two, up, two small children <laughs> that would be a bit yeah that would be a bit crazy for sure let, let me just test as well 
I just want to test whether this microphone is sensitive enough to pick up the sound of a Budweiser being opened. Just a moment. Whoa. Yeah, definitely. Lovely. And here? Ah. <clears throat> oh. I see. And I'll glow. I opened my Fosters before going on air because I'm a consummate pro. So it's just the sound of me drinking. Richard, as lockdown has advanced, you have moved from co-op's own brand to Fosters. I mean, have you been paid recently? No, I've actually been, I've been back off the source for, this is my first drink in, I don't know, two, three weeks or something. Congratulations. Not for any... Well, yeah, not for any massive like reason. It's just that I can't. It, it's just like not having anybody to drink with. Yes, it's just like well, oh, it's, it just you know you have those. I have those first two beers, and I'm kind of like euphoric. And after two beers is generally how <laughs> I feel that I would like to feel all the time. Um, uh, but then it goes past those two beers, and there's there's you know nobody to shout stupid things at. So it just, it, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like being careful <laughs> that I don't like go down some like some hole of, of hell, basically, by like over drinking and getting all maudlin about uh, things. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like you to go into a bit more detail because there was me sort of saying, well, we couldn't record here because it's all been too ridiculously busy uh, and too many people around and... I mean, it is quite a genuinely serious matter for people who find themselves in a position like you, where you had to lock down on your own. Yeah, it was. It was when it when um. So as we said, it's November the sixteenth, so we're in this kind of laughable lockdown too at the moment. I say laughable because I well, I I spoke to Jim and he said it sounds like Burgess Hill and Winchester are exactly the same. Is that there is just tons of people everywhere hmm. um everything seems to be open uh so i yeah i don't this this is not ending on december the 2nd that's for sure uh yeah but it yeah it's um yeah first lockdown the first part being on my own was kind of okay but then as it slipped into month 3 and month 4 yeah you do yeah well I was going like a bit stir crazy because as you said earlier, every day is exactly the same and you know, you can try and kind of cling to some sort of semblance of routine, like going for a walk every day. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah. And then sleep just gets completely screwed up or, you know, it does for me anyway. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of like tough, which is why when, um, you know, the other reason for for not recording is like the moment lockdown one ended and the skies opened, I had the chance to go to Berlin. So I just went to Berlin for a month and that and, and uh, yeah, and that was weird because even before going there, I was like saying to people there. I'd like to apologise in advance if I talk too much because I haven't, like, <laughs> apart from doing the podcasts, I haven't really spoken to anybody for four months. And it was a bit like that when I got there. I was just like going... Bah, 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 bah. So I think everybody thought I was a bit crazy, but at least they understood the, the circumstances. But I calmed down and after that, a few weeks. So That must have been during that brief period where it was permissible for you, A, to go to 
uh, another European country and B to associate with people. Yeah, well, I booked the I booked the flight before it was all right, just hoping that it would be all right. And by the end of July or right at the beginning of August, um, yeah, it, the the regulations changed and uh, they had those air corridors in place. And like honestly, I mean, I I haven't been in a pub in England now since it all began and you know being in an airport or being on a plane seems like a lot lot safer than what the inside of any spoons or any other boozer that I've walked past in the last six months looks like that's for sure so yeah I didn't break any I didn't break any rules and you know Germany's kind of sensible place and I know you know they've definitely got a second spike going on at the moment and stuff but it's um it's not like it's not like our second spike you know their their first wave wasn't like our first wave um and all the time i was over there we didn't i don't think we i mean we were lucky the weather was amazing so you didn't have to worry about going inside anywhere but yeah yeah so it was um yes i spent i ended up there for a month doing various crazy things which was yeah, which was any really any examples of uh, crazy things you did there? Oh well, I went and um, God, yeah, loads really. <laughs> um, I went like uh, my friend Nina out there has got a she's got a a food truck um, called the Hungry Cat, so everybody can go to hungrycat.de. So I got out there and I built the website for that, but also um, the Hungry Cat was featuring at this thing called Green Market, which is this sort of big outdoor vegan market in Berlin. And that was on for like two weekends running. And um, Nina was also meant to be DJing, but because she was like doing the crepes and doing the food and stuff, I ended up DJing as well. So I've DJed in Berlin. <laughs> I can put that on my CV. Groovy, baby. Did you see that uh, techno has been recognised officially as music this week? Yes. Yeah. Which is fair enough, obviously. And but it was it was it wasn't very techno because this is like a kind of very chilled out vegan crowd. So the woman that was running the whole thing, she was she was getting like a bit worried about anything over sort of a hundred beats per minute. And and the, and the people, the people who were DJing after us, they I don't know where they got their records from. But if there's a if there's a shop called I don't know an online record shop called BlandVinyl.com, it's where they got. Sure, their, there is. It's where they got it from. It was like the most easy listening stuff ever. So I had to play lots of kind of um, yeah, I had to play some sort of like pretty boring stuff. But then I managed to shoehorn some Bruntnell in and a bit of old school R&B and this, that and the other. So, yeah, so I DJed there and then they helped make food. And we went to... Do you have a DJ name? Are you called DJ Ricardo or something like that? No, no, no. I don't... No, I don't. No, I don't. I was thinking of, <laughs> do I? No, I'd think I'd know if I did, wouldn't I? Probably. Um, but, yeah, so that was quite good. For, and the first... The first weekend was really rainy, and then the second weekend it was like blazing sun. So there's all this good food because you can just wander around and eat things. Plus, you know, you can just stand behind the stand behind the DJ decks and like smoke cigarettes and drink beer, and that. So that was a lot of fun. And then, so the, the Hungry Cat is a vegan stall, is it? Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah. But cats are not vegan. Cats eat mice. Uh, this one is. So um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as a vegan cat, Rich. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, I bet you'd find some somewhere but there was uh you could probably train them to be vegan that's uh reasonable yeah but then cats aren't meant to cats don't actually like milk i mean milk is no good for cats is it that's why you have that like you have that special milk that isn't really milk it's like pretend milk you 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 you, you know this story but i'll probably uh I'll, I'll, pr I'll probably just quickly tell it again in case anybody else hasn't but uh, i think it was in fact i know it was james depredo bless him the uh um, second guitarist and Chuck Prophet's band. And uh, yeah, at the time, we've stopped this, actually, because uh, between you and me, we realised it gave Poppy diarrhoea. Um, but you could, <laughs> you could get from my favourite shop in the world, Home Bargains, these little things. You know those little kind of uh, cartons that you used to sometimes get in hotels? Or you actually, you still do get them in Germany if you order coffee, don't you? You get a little, uh, like a foil carton of... Uh, uh, evaporated milk yeah and um th these things are uh, you can buy for cats and it says on them it says uh cat milk yeah and i'll never forget james james looking at this thing in, in our kitchen and saying jeez do you guys drink <laughs> cat milk <laughs> And it was completely genuine. And I, I come to think of it, if you see something with with cat milk written on it, that would be your assumption, wouldn't it? Really, you didn't. You didn't explain, did you? I hope. I just hope. I just hope you went. <laughs> well, of course. Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> what kind of world do you live in, James? Oh dear, you know. I just imagine myself in my little three-legged milking stool and Poppy every morning. So <laughs> oh, I'd like to see anybody try and milk Poppy. <laughs> I tell you what, they wouldn't they wouldn't survive long. No, definitely not. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the answer is uh, you're right. Cats uh, shouldn't, uh, by nature, drink milk. No. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's some sort. Of, it's yeah. Maybe that's the message that uh, the cat concept is is trying to get across. I don't think so. It's just a really good name, and the logo looks nice. It is a good even name. if I do say so myself. And um, well, talking of which, Cap Poppy has just walked in and is now sticking her bum in my mouth. Get off, <laughs> Jesus! Try and milk thank God her. This isn't, thank God this isn't on video. Poppy, piss off! I'm sorry. This you. Oh, so now we've 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 had everybody interrupting at some stage or other. That's true. But yeah, it was. Um, <sighs> it, yeah, it was. We were doing like um, we. Um, yeah, it was it was like summer rolls and and crepes, uh, and soon kind of realised that if you're going to like a food market, it's kind of like a you know you want a bit of a treat. So the really healthy kind of summer rolls, which were really you know really nice. What is a summer roll? Oh, a summer roll. It's um, basically if you get loads of really nice ingredients and wrap them up in rice paper. So it's like a spring roll. Oh, I've seen those things. But yeah, cold yeah. and sort of burrito-y sort of size. So Yes, and it's sort of semi-translucent, isn't it? That's exactly it. Yeah, so so there were ones with, you know, aubergine and um, ah. sweet potato. And, God, I chopped a lot of sweet potatoes the night before. I like, got my first ever, like, proper, like, catering blister from, like, 
chopping oh, so much from that knife yeah. handle. Oh God, it was a it was a mare, but it was. But yeah, the, the summer rolls went down well, but not as well as the crepes. Um, now, Richard, I'm sorry, I've got to interrupt. Would you just say the word after me? Crepe. Oh, no crepe. Uh, you see, that's what the Germans do. The Germans, that's the influence they're having on you. They say cr- crepes, which is completely wrong by any standards because it's a grave accent. So it's crepe. I would, I'd let them off from not using the guttural R, but then they use that anyway in all their other words. But they do say crepes. Um, and I was also going to say I once had a summer roll in Vietnam and it made me sick. But um do you uh, know the concept in German? You must know the Frühlingsrolle, which is the spring roll. And that's a direct translation. Frühling means spring. So Frühlingsrolle, you'll get them in any of the uh, Chinese restaurants there. Yeah, well, well, what's summer roll in German? I should know this. Cause I... That, would, that, would, uh, that would be Sommerrolle. Yeah, I've, I've put that on a few menus by now. I should, I should know that word for sure. But it was you have a chalkboard. Yeah, there was there was a chalkboard, and we printed out some. Yeah, we found this really nice um, printer bloke on um, Sonnen Alley, and uh, yeah, he did like t-shirts and stickers and all sorts. So yeah, it was mm. kind of like it was yeah a bit of a sort of brand overkill, really, but in a in a in a good way. So yeah, that was that was one of the mad things, and then went to the lake a couple of times which appears to be a very sort of like german thing to do go to the well, lake when it's yes. sunny normally in berlin with no clothes on no well i kept mine all on obviously all the time um <laughs> well, you're british i'm british yeah uh that uh, but that was really that was really pleasant there's this there's a big lake oh i'm gonna say that wrong uh, what's it called oh the kleiner Mugelsee. Is, is that, oh, beautiful! Was that good? Yeah, yeah. near enough. Yeah, Z, but never mind. And there's a there's a big one as well, but there's this this small one. And like, yeah, we went there a couple of times, and that was all very pleasant. And then went down to went down to Nuremberg for a couple of days. And you haven't been to Nuremberg, have you? You were saying that you were you and Birgit. Uh, I've as, never been to Nuremberg. Oh, it's amazing! It's an amazing place. Well, when when you when you told me you were going there, I I looked up more details about it, and it just looks like my ultimate dream town. Uh, you, you know how mad I am about you know German medieval towns that are that are just so ridiculously unspoiled that you think you've literally walked into a into a fairy tale. Yeah, it's and uh, Nuremberg is although it's a big city, it looked as though fuck off, Poppy. Jesus. <laughs> Now she's tangled herself up in the blooming microphone cable. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, Nuremberg looks like a big city that that, that has been preserved, like uh, like all the the great German cities, like Heidelberg and Münster. Uh, in fact, if you look behind the facades, you'll probably find that it's all been recreated. Right, that's it. You're going. Piss off. Um, it's all been recreated uh, according to the original design and that's why they appear to be medieval but of course yeah. they're, they're not really but nonetheless there's this wonderful feeling I just get this feeling of general sort of happiness and contentment and everything's right with the world in a world that quite blatantly in the three months that we have been missing 
let's not get political. Well, let's not get political. But uh, it, the world isn't right at all, is it? But if you're in the middle of a medieval German city, you can feel that the, the world is actually okay. Yeah, it's got, it's just got this, um, just got a really gorgeous centre where the the where the castle is. And those said, you know, the old buildings of, of which you speak and Jura's house is there. And it's just, it's just such a, I don't know, it's a, I mean, obviously it's like massively, massively different to, to Berlin. But it's, um, yeah, Nuremberg is, is, yeah, it's quite something. It's like a cool place and it's such a great, we've got the train down there and that's always just a really nice, like, it's just like, you know, four easy hours on a, on a train heading south through the German countryside is just a, yeah, a wonderful, yeah, wonderful thing. What, what was the train on time? I have heard these scurrilous rumours that German trains aren't necessarily on time anymore. Uh, in my day, they literally would be leaving on the very second that the, that the hand ticked down to 4.27 or whenever the train's going to leave. No, it, it was definitely on time and we got a really early train as well. So we had to do a bit of running to make sure we got it. But we we did get it. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a good, good, good holiday. Now, Nina seems to have numerous jobs and I kind of, I hadn't really been aware that she had a vegan food stall on top of the other things that she does. She seems multi-talented, am I right? There? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, she's got that. Um, and then there's, you know, the the music as well. She actually did a gig the other week. There was like a, like a socially distanced gig. Um, a band called Zucker Club. Zucker Club, maybe I should say. Zucker, Zucker, Zucker Club. Yeah, yeah. And they they did a gig at like a kind of art center place in Berlin, um, and I think that kind of went all right. But apparently it was a bit of a, well, as you can imagine, weird experience because you've just got like a pocket of three seats, and then a big space, and then another pocket of three seats, and then another big space. But it was just in this gap because I don't think I don't think they can do that there now as well because they've got. They've got new new restrictions. So, where do you stand on these various different methods people are trying to use to to make gigs happen? And because it, to me, I haven't found anything that's really satisfied me at all. There's two or three people I know are doing regular online uh, broadcasts from their homes, which you know is entertaining enough. And good luck to them. And you know. It was good for us to be able to contribute to the tip jars and things like that, but it's never going to be the same as a gig. And I just can't picture myself sitting in a room like you describe in in a group of two chairs that are like several meters away from from the next group of two chairs. And the other thing that I've noticed, which really just doesn't make any sense to me at all, is venues that uh, uh, base their um, distancing on on tables. I mean. The whole point of a gig, in my opinion, is you're standing or you're sitting or whatever and you're looking at the band and you listen to them. If you sit around a table, then – and I, I see why they're doing it because they're saying you, people can come in their so-called bubbles. But sitting around a table, you're going to mean that three out of the six people are going to be facing away from the artist. And it's just, it just doesn't seem to work to me. Here in Twyford, the local pub lesson, they tried a, a, a comedy evening. Hmm. And I went along pretending that I like – comedy which i don't particularly uh 
but to check out whether it might work as a as a gig thing uh but i don't know there was just it just didn't seem quite right to me you know everybody had to be very careful and which they were and uh the, the the comedians you know they were they were quite near to people and they were shouting as comedians tend to do and so the i would i i came home afterwards and thought actually i i don't think i should have gone to that because you know i'm an aged person and it probably wasn't a very sensible thing to do because you know every time anybody's going to the loo you pass other people and you have to go quite near to them yeah. and then you're taking your mask on and off and yeah i don't know uh we did actually attend a distance gig together didn't we in, oh, in yeah. the middle of all this yeah 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 by the purest fluke mm. you happen to live near what's the name of that place oh hassocks, hassocks. yes yeah hassocks you know those are things you kneel on aren't they in a church that's it that's it you know the mother's union sort of um what do they do they sew these hassocks no you're and... thinking of cassocks <laughs> no cassocks what the priest wears yeah a hassock you, you kneel on then yeah, those, those things that you kneel on are called hassocks. No, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. I have no reason to doubt you. Hassocks. Anyway, hassocks yeah. sounded so bucolic to me. And uh, anyway, we went down and um, it's hard to say. It was a very, very noble effort, wasn't it, to, to, to make a, a entertainment for people in a time when they badly needed it. But of course, it drizzled all evening, didn't it? And uh, but I think this it, it, this goes back to kind of what you were saying about how do I feel about these efforts to put gigs on? I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it is just it's just trying to do something, and and obviously it's uncomfortable and it doesn't suit everybody, and it's not perfect. But it's just something. It's if it if it can be done, then it's good that it happens. And I guess the yes, I, 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 I guess the hope is that this this kind of thing isn't part of the new normal. You know, hopefully, like things will one day go back to you know being able to have proper gigs, so we don't have to sit outside in the in the cold. I mean, it was bad for us sitting outside in the cold drizzle watching Peter Brunnell, <laughs> but like, I'd rather <laughs> be me than actually white. exactly. I'd rather be me than Pete. Pete must have just been like freezing. And did you know that that the week after, I I couldn't go because I actually went back to Berlin. But the week after, um, Chris Difford played there, or two weeks after, it, it was. Yes, it was Chris Difford. Yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah, that's right. Doing his um, kind of like a cross between a talk and and uh, yeah. Apparently, it was sold out and did really well. Yeah, I, I would have gone if I'd been here, definitely. But I think he lives nearby. Oh well, yeah, Southeast London's pretty nearby. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I've read his autobiography. He lives down that that way somewhere. All oh, right, figures, I guess figures. No, yes, it was like kind of. It was yeah. It was a yeah. There was an interesting. An interesting experience, but it's been... Um... Well, we were going to stay the night in our camper van in, in the car park, but the car park didn't seem entirely safe to us. So in the end, we uh, we drove home and got completely lost in the wilds of Sussex. Oh, did you? Which way did you go? Did you go 272 or did you go down to the... Oh, well, yeah, but it took about an hour to actually find the 272. Oh. Um, but it was actually very pretty. We went through some lovely villages, which... Uh, 
you know, we saw various sort of foxes and badgers and things on the way. Yeah, no, it's but we managed to get away. I think I mentioned to you just by again the, the time when you were in Berlin. Oh, you went to France, didn't you? We managed to go to France, and it was just. I think there was about three weeks where it was permissible, hmm. and uh, you know, I, I won't get into the wrongs and rights of it because I have. Um, I have heard people saying that people like us that went away in those three weeks probably made things worse for everybody else, which I don't actually know if it's true or not. And if it is, I, I apologise. But um, basically, we, because we were in a camper van, we knew we wouldn't need to associate with anybody. So we didn't. The worst thing was the ferry in both directions uh, with, you know, it, it was compulsory masks and certain routes that you had to take and yeah. just... 80% of the people completely ignored it. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was uh, that was by far the most dangerous part of it. Oh, and one evening when we rather foolishly decided to go out, we, we didn't go out uh, any other evening, but we thought, oh, we'd try and find a, oh, a crap, Richard. Oh. And uh, yes, um, but it turned out to be kind of like a market uh, open air market craft market thing in the in the local town and uh my goodness me that was the only time i have felt during this entire period unsafe because it was very full and people weren't masked up and you couldn't not bump into people and so we uh, we did a runner quite quickly after that yeah it feels it doesn't feel um, just a tiny little shopping center in in burgess hill doesn't feel safe whereas for some reason berlin did I, I don't know whether that's just that weird psychological thing of like being on holiday not being where you're from in inverted I, commas I don't, there's I don't something know. about everybody in germany is so sensible I, I i i trust them not to do anything silly and I trust them to wear their masks and keep their distance. And I, I, I'm guessing that on average they did. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, they've had like masks on in shops for for ages, obviously, you know, because yeah. that was the yeah. sensible thing to do rather than, you know, like the government here having a four month lockdown then afterwards going, oh, maybe masks are a good idea. You know, oh. it's just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Obviously, masks are a good idea. They're not perfect, probably, but they're, you know, so. Well, I think 40% 40, 40 of the American population would uh, tell you that the masks aren't sensible, as far as I can make out from articles I've been reading recently. Yeah, but that, well, I don't know. I don't want to say that 40% are, are idiots, but. <laughs> oh, that, God, God. plainly they are yeah but it's it's you know uh, idiot people still get to vote and in a way that's right and and i mean i don't and i don't but i don't know how you know i was thinking about it like hopefully when this is all done and dusted and biden is sworn in and is president it's just i think it's almost like they're going to somehow get have to get some task force together which is going to have to sit down with all that 40% individually and <laughs> and tell them why and keep talking to them until the light bulb goes on. Because otherwise, you know, they're still there. And that's the danger, isn't it? I mean, the danger is, is dismissing that 40% as a bunch of idiots. Will they be allowed to bring their assault rifles with them for the interview? Yeah, well, they... 
oh, the, whole, the whole thing's <laughs> such a shit show. It's ridiculous, obviously. Uh, but. I'm in the process of applying for uh, South by Southwest <clears throat> in March 21, which is going to be a virtual event. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to go to a virtual event as we've just been discussing, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really appeal to me at all. But it is quite funny because uh, I traditionally also always apply for my friend Paul, who's a photographer, and uh, hmm. I don't think I'm going to get a backstage pass for a photographer for an online event somehow. No. I just got a feeling about that, yeah. But it's weird. I'm going to tell you about... Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, like, with virtual events and stuff, I mean, the, the, other, the other thing that I've been mad busy with is um, the occasion who are... Pete and Catherine's theatre company, who I do a, a lot of stuff with, like um, they got funding from Creative Scotland to do these, like an online, an online project, like a virtual theatre project, where we we ended up making five short films, um, and all that was like filmed on Zoom and like, worked out remotely, and so. Even though obviously it would be better to do at least two of those shows as proper shows, the experience of doing all that was like, I mean, mad, it was mad hard work, but that's been like really, that's been really good as well. So I think, you know, people are, people are getting together like a, a whole new kind of like a whole new set of knowledge, which hopefully when things go back to normal can like run alongside those things you know i mean there's no reason i don't well you know if if touring and normal gigs can happen again then that's great but it's also hopefully it will be cool if you know people carrying on doing you know live streams and stuff you know the, the more stuff the better i reckon yeah that well uh, luckily enough that was exactly the question that i was planning to ask you uh, how that all went in Scotland and uh, I, I've seen a couple of them and they, they, they are really good uh, to me somehow uh, drama does work better on screen you know it, it's like uh, you've probably been doing that the rest of us and watching uh, endless uh, Netflix uh, series mm. you know you, 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 you're used to seeing that sort of thing in the context of looking at a screen uh, last night I was watching Emily Barker, who did a a superb um, live performance of her new album, kind of uh, launching yeah. it in in Stroud, where where I grew up. And I mean, they'd gone to town. They had you know multiple cameras and uh, uh, and very high co uh, recording uh, quality and everything else. And it was excellent. It was by far the best thing I've seen in the remote concert field. Right. Yeah. And. I can't knock it at all. I enjoyed it very much, but it was something, it still was something different because it was me looking at a screen. It wasn't me being there sitting in the room with them. And, uh, you know, we've all been so worried about our very beloved railway, which was one of the, I think I'm right in saying 10% of music venues didn't get yeah. Arts Council grants. Yeah. And uh, we don't know why it is, and they're not allowed to inquire why it is. There's no there's no sort of comeback or appeals procedure. So th they just get told they don't get the money, but they don't get, don't get told why they don't get the money, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I, I would give anything to have my head blasted off by some loud, hardcore grunge band or something um it's almost like a 
what's the word like like a sort of uh, addiction you know that I think it's addiction to the volume. Well, that's the th you can't get you can't get the volume out of your computer screen or your phone. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the the great thing about live performance is that it's live and it only it exists that one time. That that, yeah. that you see it, and you know you can see. I know we always talk about Peter Bruntnell, but you can see Peter Bruntnell mm. playing Handful of Stars seventeen times, like we both probably have. But each time is going to be slightly different. You know, and yeah. it doesn't, that doesn't exist anywhere apart from in our memories. And somebody might do a bootleg or a video of it these days. Whereas doing stuff that's kind of, you know, committed to film and is there forever is a very, very different process. And it's something that we, because these, these five pieces that we did, these five theater pieces that we did are it's technically their their works in progress you know so it's like 10 minute tryouts of ideas that could then be expanded into fully fledged theater shows and i've done work in progress stuff with pete and Catherine before when we did the monster and mary shelley and they've been mm. live things you know they've been live things at the the roxy in edinburgh and the tron in glasgow and you do it and you know Catherine's on stage for like 40 minutes and I'm playing some music and there's some lights and this, that and the other. And then it ends and then people ask some questions and then everybody goes to the pub. But, but that's it. You know, it, it, it begins and it ends yes. in that yeah. room and it only exists in people's memories. And so in a way it's, it's actually kind of more, more forgiving when you're, when you're doing that, because, you know, I, I, you know, Catherine could say a wrong line or I could play a wrong chord, but nobody remembers that. But if you're committing stuff to film that then goes onto YouTube, that then sits there forever, that line and that chord have kind of got to be right. So it was a, it, it was, it's a, it was a lengthier progress than, than working towards a, a live performance. I guess just basically the difference between making an album and doing a, doing a gig, you know, so much more thought and preparation had to go into it but it was all good thought and preparation you know it was all like a lot of you know it was a steep steep learning curve sticking five movies together in five weeks but yeah uh i was going to say uh it, it must have been you know despite the fact it was such hard work it must have been inspiring for you to to teach yourself or to hone your new skills and and put them all together and come up with something like that which of course explains why we haven't heard much from you for the last few weeks yeah no it was all things that and things that i completely forgot like um i don't know if anybody listening has ever formatted um captions documents for video so like learning how to format .srt documents where you're dealing in hundreds of a second and like you know rewriting the script with all the time codes in it so people can can have captions for all the videos i mean i'd never done that before but i know how to do that now but like it was just things like that where you just think oh yeah how difficult can that be and then you realize that each one of those takes a day to do and it's like oh god this is tough <laughs> <laughs> but you know totally totally worth it well, just imagine how bored you'd have been if you hadn't had that work to do, Richard. Yeah, exactly. I would have just done my own random stuff again, recorded some podcasts or something. Uh, I just remembered that uh, we're probably coming to the close now. I was going to tell you about Forest School. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been taking my little 
little three-year-old granddaughter up to this. I mean, it's a, I think it's a Scandinavian concept, and uh, we discovered by chance that there's one just outside Twyford where we lived. Uh, basically, they're like a little kindergarten, but it takes place in the forest, in the open air. Mm. And, uh, my God, she absolutely loved it. That sounds awesome. They've just got, they haven't even got tents that are, they're open to the, they're open to the elements. They've got a thing called a mud kitchen where they just, they, well, they just sort of mess about with the mud. <laughs> uh, they've, they've got like a homemade improvised ladder and, uh, and, and, um, they just do things. She's, she's come home sort of full of information about nature, stuff that not even I knew. So, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very positive thing. And it's been wonderful for her. Whereabouts is that? Now, well, it's just out the back of, uh, up the hill. Oh, I can't describe it. You just go out of Twyford and then disappear down or up a little lane. And then eventually you come out in the middle of this wood. Cool. We weren't actually allowed to see the place. Uh, but you drop them off at a at a at a gate and they they disappear. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then they come back. Uh, they you know dressed up in all these uh, very um, body consuming overalls to make sure. Otherwise, they would they yeah. would literally be filthy. But uh, yeah, I th the whole thing I found completely inspiring, and it was something something very very good for a child. But anyway, I see uh, we got forty five minutes there. What about? Just a quick preview of some of the things we're, oh, yeah. we've got lined up in the next <clears throat> few sessions. Okay, so this this one is the catch-up of the catch. No, next week is the catch-up of the catch-up. The What? Well, this is a catch-up episode, so we're, yes. we're catching up. Next week's is also a kind of catch-up episode. Is it? Yeah, but it's the catch-up of all the episodes that have come before. So, ah. so it's things where we've, we've mentioned random people, and like I've had like feedback from other random people about these random people that uh, makes yeah, makes everything a bit less random so there's that episode <laughs> and then the week after that there's an episode about the tower arts center where i get all a bit misty eyed and um then after that there's an episode about uh, the band the time good well i can't wait i have to be quite careful because uh I've been thinking of publicising this on the Winchester Memories Facebook page, but uh, I made a, a bad mistake earlier this week and put up something controversial on that page. And uh, I've been sort of uh, trolled, I think the word is. Really? I've had people sort of, uh, yes, yes, it's worth worth checking it out. People sort of saying quite nasty things. What did you put up? Uh, oh, I, I know. Let's make another episode of that. Oh, okay. Then. <laughs> Actually, no, no. There was an episode where we talked about when the Sainsbury's was built on Badger Farm. Yeah. And I put up a press cutting about uh, about those days because it was actually over twenty five years ago. Uh, sorry, thirty five years ago. Jeez. It was nineteen eighty three, I think. Yeah. Yes, it was. So, uh, can you imagine? People still hold massive grudges from back then, uh, and uh, were taking it out on me what like both unbelievable for and against no no uh well i was against as you know as we discussed in that episode and um no no uh, these people were were for it and you know calling me a luddite for not wanting a superstar on my doorstep and uh, superstar no i superstar. we didn't have a superstar that was johnny cockshut <laughs> it was <laughs> well more about johnny cockshut next week you see he's part of the the catch-up from next week 
All right, cool. Well, we'll look forward to it and we'll uh, see each other then. Yeah, all right then. Nice one. See you later. Bye.